Hello there, this is Sarah Ashley with Nerds on Film. Are you tired of walking around topless? Well, I know I am. That's why I went to nerdonomy.com and purchased one of the many humorous t-shirts that we have to offer. Not only does it support our new media endeavor, but it also keeps me from being arrested. Thanks for listening. On film with Sarah Ashley, Kevin Satorius, Brian Moriarty, and Sean Moriarty. What was the first memorable kill from a horror movie that you guys remember? Like the first person to get killed in a way on screen that really stuck with you in either a positive, if you're twisted like me, or a negative way <laughs> where it like. <laughs> I remember, well, this isn't the one that I really want, but I, mean, I do remember one when I was a little kid uh, when we saw the movie Copycat. Do you remember mm. that? That was more of a... Uh, yeah, it was Sigourney Weaver and Holly Hunter, right? Yeah, and then... Uh, uh, fuck, what's his name? Harry Connick Jr. Um, That's right. Yeah. And there's a scene where they, they let a guy... Uh, the guy's poisoned, and they the, the killer... The way he kills people is he puts a bag around their head, duct tapes it shut, and he lets them suffocate. And this one is where he lets... I think I said this the last time we did this kind of episode. Um, but he he basically just runs around until he can't breathe anymore, and then he just convulses to death. It's it's, it's fucking terrifying. Ugh. Yeah, Brian, I remember you saying back in the day that you have problems with suffocation mm-hmm. and like smothering deaths. Yeah, those suffocation. suffocation and uh, opening your veins. Those two things I can't watch. Suffocation, yeah. no breathing, don't give a fuck if I cut my arm bleeding. <laughs> no Papa Roach on this podcast. Yeah, it's basically Papa there will Roach be no Papa Roach yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> well, I in trying to figure out like. In the couple seconds that we've had, um, I haven't seen a lot of horror movies, mostly because I think it's overdone. However, there is this very awesome movie that's called Zodiac that came out in 2007 oh, that's yeah. directed by David Fincher that's based yeah. on actual events. And I will tell you, I did not get to see this in theaters, but I knew I was going to buy it when it came out on DVD, which was right before like a Christmas or holiday break when I was in college. And I brought it home, and I talked to my dad and my mom about it, because technically my dad was living in San Francisco during all of this. And so we wanted to watch the movie together. And there's this scene where the Zodiac Killer comes up on this couple as they're having a picnic right by a reservoir. And the whole scene is like pure tension. Like, you're like, holy crap, is he going to kill someone? And, you know, he walks away. Then all of a sudden he just runs back and starts stabbing both the man and the woman. And the thing is, you see the knife go into the body, and as it's coming out, blood is starting to spurt in a realistic dose, not, like, overly graphic. And it's just, it's so disturbing because these people are convulsing as the Zodiac Killer is just stabbing them. It's just, oh, God. He doesn't kill the girl. He hogties the guy, and she's screaming as she's being stabbed. Yeah, it's just, like, I watched that, and I, this is me when I was 19 years old watching this, and I literally... Literally curled up on the couch next to my dad, and I covered my face like I could not watch. It's yeah, it, so it was. It was. I remember seeing it in the theaters, and that was the only scene in that movie that I thought was truly terrifying. Yeah, purely yeah. terrifying. Mm-hmm. So then that leaves you, Sean. Yes, it does. Well, I, um, the one that really stuck with me, even though it wasn't like one of the first horror movies that I saw, was uh, was Kevin Bacon's death in the first Friday the Thirteenth. Oh snap! You guys he remember was in Friday that the 13th? shit? Yeah, that's right. When he the got first the... Friday the Thirteenth is is one of Kevin Bacon's first movies. Yeah, yeah. was he in the camper like doing some chick when Jason comes? No, it's in? he gets he gets run through the neck with scissors. Oh no, no, oh. no! That's not Kevin. I Bacon? thought he gets the the arrow through the bed through the back of his neck out through. Oh, his it was throat. the arrow. I thought it was scissors. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. Damn. Oh, and it was awesome. 
Oh. They'll buy yeah, I just remember that sticking with me and being like, that was super cool. And that's kind of was my draw to most horror movies. I wasn't fascinated with the violence in a sick sort of way. It was more like, how did they do that? I want to know how they do all the special effects. I was really interested in, in how they made it look realistic, even though back then it wasn't that realistic. Yeah, well, by today's standards, exactly. Yeah, the neck thing looked very fake, but in the moment, yeah, sure, it looked really intense. Uh, the, I have two more um, that I wanted to mention because I don't feel like, since we're going to talk about that type of horror movie, when they find Drew Barrymore in the opening of Scream, because they find her with, oh, and then and as and we're watching her as the her boyfriend's being disemboweled. That's pretty. Ew. Yeah, that's a pretty fucked up scene, and you see part of it happen too. It's awful. Um, but then also, uh, I know what you did last summer mm-hmm. when Ryan Phillippe is being murdered, and uh, it's being cut back and forth. You don't see much. You just see him wincing as the knife is going in. It's all done in close up. It's very well done. And then Sarah Michelle Gellar is like freaking out and observing in the whole thing and everyone's wondering why she's freaking out and it's because she can't see him but she knows that he just got pulled and that yeah, yeah. he's going to town yeah. on him yeah it's a pretty terrifying yeah. scene it sounds terrifying on that note folks welcome to Nerds on Film I'm Brian Moriarty I am Kevin Satorius and I am Sean Moriarty yeah. Kevin Satorius Satorius <laughs> Your name is scary. (laughs) Or Kevin Storius. I like that one. (laughs) Sweet, from now on. Kevin Storius. Mm. (laughs) You can have a future in announcing movie trailers. Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) It's not what I... It's it's not who I am underneath. But what I do... What I do defines defines me. (laughs) Swear to me. (laughs) If you guys haven't already noticed, uh, Sarah Ashley is off this evening. She had some personal plans she had to attend to, but she will be back next week when we uh, do another She episode. actually put it in on, uh, you know how we have the iCalendar uh, thing with all of our phones for Nerdonomy? Yep. yep. I think she mixed up her personal one with the Nerdonomy one because the notification I got said Boner College. And I don't know what that means, <laughs> but that is what her plans were. <laughs> well... That I, hey, more power to her. <laughs> That's funny. That's I mean, sorry, Sarah. It didn't actually happen. That's not what she said at all. It was just she just no. said I'm not available that night. That's all it was. Since we're in this whole month of doing Halloween topics, we thought slasher movies would be a good one to cover because um, it's easily the most pervasive type of horror movie it's, nowadays. I would say, in terms of modern terms, it's the most uh, formidable of the horror genre. Uh, more so than I would say supernatural. More so than Oh, gosh, what other types are there other than Supernatural and uh, Slasher? Suspense, thriller. Suspense, thriller, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, really, in- And, I mean, slasher movies, I mean, you, a lot of people think that, you know, any movie with somebody who's killing somebody with a knife or who kills people is a slasher movie. But in order for it to really be a slasher movie, it has to be a little more specific, I think. No, yeah. it's, it's true. There's got to be specific elements uh, that are pretty unique to that subgenre. It's rooted in the psychological thriller. Um, and it's definitely or some of the ones that are earlier. You would probably argue could be in either genre. Um, I think. Yeah, but the early ones aren't really slasher films. They're more like the precursors to. They had yeah. el- slasher elements. Yeah, uh, like I would say, if I were to think of one off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure others would think of this as well. But I think Psycho from yep. 1960 kind of really set the precursor when it comes to slasher genres. But as yeah. you can see to this day and age, there's a lot of uh, plot elements and tropes mm-hmm. of uh, Psycho that do not, you don't see like no, translate more, over. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, because yeah. I mean, the, what the body count in that movie is only two. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, the shower scene is 
a, yeah, a precursor to a lot of how murder was done in the later uh, yeah. movies. I mean, there's a lot of precursors of, of slasher movies that go back even to the 1930s, you know, uh, with some of the earlier psychological thrillers that were out there. I think one they mentioned on Wikipedia, which is never wrong, uh, is uh, 13 Women, yes. which was the story of an old college sorority whose former members are set against one another by a vengeful peer. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that Psycho, the first Psycho, doesn't really fit into the category of slasher movie, but after slasher movies became a thing, the Psycho sequels were a product of that. They wanted to get these Psycho sequels out because of the popularity of the genre, and those movies are pretty much slasher movies. Yeah. Right, right. Well, yeah. I think the f- movie that was most widely regarded as the first slasher movie is Black Christmas in 1974. Which, Oddly enough, I know, right? Directed by the same dude who did a Christmas story. Who did a Christmas what? story. Isn't that <laughs> fucked up? If you want what? two polar opposite Christmas stories, <laughs> watch those right after one another. Kevin, I know you love a Christmas story, well, so yeah. I'd say you watch that and then watch Black Christmas immediately after. Damn. I've never, I've never seen the old, the original before, Black Christmas. I did okay. see the new one, which was fucked up, and I kind of enjoyed it but the story was a little weak I, I love have Eli you guys either of you seen the original no. I haven't but I, w- I would love to see Eli Roth's uh, Thanksgiving where he, where <laughs> it's the uh, the pilgrim who just has the turkey carving knife and just kills everybody I think that was it would be hilarious. more messed up if it, you find out it's a Native American dressed oh. as a pilgrim <laughs> oh really dude oh what bum, 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 bum. what Where? I would be dude I would totally be into that movie I'd be like yeah man get yours oh. you want to know why because we white folks deserve it uh, but okay, I would. Uh, but yeah, this being enough. a slasher film, I would expect them to say like some very campy, over the top one liner after like gutting someone. <laughs> uh, I, the only the only ones uh, I can think of off the top of my head are probably best kept, not said. <laughs> now, yeah. I would, now, I would have to think this one out personally. <laughs> yeah. What I find is, I noticed that it did say that Black Christmas came out in 1974, um, and that was the really the first slasher movie. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out in 1974 too. Did it come out before? Or after it, I would say. Well, that's a good question. I don't know when. In Check the, year. the release dates. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to well, do that. I Kevin's continue that. to, yeah. to yeah. argue why I think if Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out before, you know, I, it had enough elements in it. I think for it to be a slasher movie. And you know, to me, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I haven't seen the remakes with Tyler Maine as Leatherface, but um, they suck. Yeah, I. I Except Jessica Biel. Yep. <laughs> right. In the first one, she yeah. looks super hot. Although I had this one problem with it. She is constantly wet in the movie, yet her nipples never show through her wife beater. Um, I, I, Bullshit. I, I was the one thing that they they showed over and over again, and this is this is like their way of saying, "Oh, this is a Rob Zombie movie. This is a Rob Zombie version of it." There is that light, like the overhead mm-hmm. lighting of the woman, just like ooh, ma 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 ma, when they're doing in the in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rude interjection. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out on October 1st, 1974, and Black Christmas came out October 11th, 1974. Oh, Wikipedia is wrong. Dun, dun. Oh, sorry, that's Canada. Uh, No, it's December 20th. For the United States. God damn it, Kevin. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter. It was released in fucking Canada. It means it was released before the other one. Does Canada not count? No. Canada has given us you hockey. I'm joking. And we have lots of Canadian donuts listeners. from Tim Hortons and sadly Justin Bieber. And there's Never like mind. a Fuck ton Canada. of awesome they also actors gave Jim and actresses Perry. that come from Canada. Alex Trebek is uh, Canadian. That's right. So is yes, Ryan Alan Thicke is Canadian. Michael J. Fox is Canadian. That's right. Canada, we love you. We and your free health care. We yes, do indeed. we do. And your goodwill you and your maple some? syrup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, it looks like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, came out before Black Christmas in the United States. Okay, so one of the things that 
we notice is true in all these slasher movies, when you're talking about tropes, I mean, here's my hypothesis, that these slasher films are essentially morality tales, because you always have this one binding trope of it's a group of youngins, yep. you know, yep. 17 to maybe 22 in age, who go out to a place that's roughly secluded, or they're out in this, or in the case of Halloween, they're just in their own neighborhood. They somehow come across a psychopath. What are the odds that captains to brandish some sort of cutting device, and right. then they all get massacred except Actually, for one or two? Brian, you're kind of right, but the true I the, I remember seeing a citation uh, from a book uh, by a lady named uh, Vera Dika. I hope I'm saying her name right. Called Games of Terror, where she says that though it may seem that they just run by a psychopath like you said that there's always like the young community is guilty of some sort of wrongful action the killer sees an injury fault or death the killer experiences some sort of loss and then you know of course the killer goes on killing all of them well as retribution within the exception of the first halloween because oh yeah well i know yeah yeah. i know there's they've toyed with certain i mean certain things don't have to be there but this is more of a general yeah for those who are listening who have not seen the original Halloween, see it. It's a tremendous it's so good. film. One of the earliest films to show Jamie Lee Curtis as an actress. Um, but basically, you have this kid who I think the original, the first death is even more terrifying. It's this kid who watches, uh, who actually listens to his older sister having sex with her boyfriend. And this is all being seen through the eyes of an eye mask. It's like a POV shot. And you see him grab a kitchen knife and just murder her. And they pulls off this, and it's it's Michael Myers dressed up as a clown, as like a ten year old, and he basically is committed to an, a mental institution. Um, the first one, I think, that had like instant punishment for sex. Well, that's what they're all about, which is right? death. Because it's the same thing in Friday the Thirteenth. It's yeah, all about. No, that's them. the same thing in a lot of slasher movies. You have sex, you die. All right, so I think with the exception then, of Freddy Krueger, because Freddy right. Krueger is just invading your dreams so conspiracy theory time does that mean that the catholic church might be behind all of these slasher films? no that's really? the funny thing <laughs> really kevin the f- why not i was gonna mention the that Catholics later but to be right. the massacre. Why, why not like the the, the right-wing evangelicals why well, does that have to be that's very possible or why yeah. does it have to be christian why can't it be like some extremist you know buddhists <laughs> those are some extreme buddhists <laughs> kevin made a joke there about catholics perpetrating this but the funny thing is that so many different Christian groups and family interest groups were very against slasher movies and trying to get them censored. They were under their quote unquote uh, video nasties category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because you've ever violence, heard that thrown sure. around. But but the messed up thing is is you'd think that it was perpetrated by them because you're like, hey, let's show these kids the horrible things that can happen to you when you do drugs, drink, or have sex. You know, to to take a tag from our Kevin Smith episode, the more I think of it, that's what makes Red State such a brilliant movie because uh, he brings that whole element into it, but puts it to an extreme. I feel like. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I will say personally, uh, I. Like I mentioned before, I never really gravitated to slasher films, mostly because, in my opinion, again, this is my opinion, I know I'm wrong in it, but you've seen (laughs) one, you've seen them all. Uh, Slasher films generally have a paint-by-numbers, all right, here's the group, who's going to, you know, die, who's the one that's going to survive, and there's always little character traits that you see along the story that indicate this person's going to die or this person may live. I just I never gravitated to uh, them, which is why I've only seen a few. I totally understand where you're coming from because, for the most part, you're right. That is cookie cutter movies that rarely have enough of a difference for it to matter. But 
the handful of them that really kind of break the mold are so good. Let me just go down a short list of ones that I think stand out because they did something different or they were one of the first ones. Yeah. First Halloween. Amazing. First Nightmare on Elm Street, they took a totally different angle with um, him attacking you in your dreams, which made it even more fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's, and anybody who saw that movie when they were young knows that they did not sleep the night that they watched it. Yeah. Chucky. Yeah. Ah, Chucky. <laughs> totally different angle. Yeah, Chucky. You have a, a serial killer who embodies a doll, which is creepy as fuck. Yeah, it is. Totally different. And then, of course, um, this one I just love because of how exploitative it is Freddy versus Jason <laughs> to see two what you amazing don't, slashers what you don't want Jason, duke it out what you don't want Jason 10 Jason in space oh god so I, mean, I didn't I've never I still haven't yeah, seen a that movie, movie so bad that they didn't even carry on the title of Friday the 13th with it oh god like I I saw that movie and I've completely uh blocked it out like i yeah. i don't i don't remember the movie but i know i've seen it it was it must have been that bad yeah i remember seeing like the 10 foot tall banner for it hanging at the amc theaters that my brother worked at and just being like what it just says evil gets an upgrade yeah exactly <laughs> what it, that's what it, was. it was like jason and, and with like the new mask he's got like a cybernetic looking mask too oh, it's, really? it's yeah it's that's right it's, he does because he got caught in like an airlock or something yeah or got caught what are the odds? I forget what happened what to him. He got like, upgraded via some spaceship. spaceship. How did he get on the fucking spaceship? I, I don't know. I didn't see the movie. I didn't, I didn't bother. So, Was the spaceship parked on a lake? <laughs> Crystal Lake? Hey yeah. there. Before we go up into that there space, I want to go for a nice dip. <laughs> a nice swim. Oh, yeah, man. it's just stupid. You know what's funny? The year I was born, 1983, I read this little factoid. That was the peak of slasher movies. In 1983, slasher movies... Uh, were responsible for 60% of box office grosses that year. Wow. That explains why the franchising of all of them took off yeah, so well. Yeah, absolutely. That was truly the heyday. That was when they were at their peak. Mm-hmm. But we've seen a revival from the 90s on. I don't think it stopped since the 90s when they did... Uh, I think Scream started it all, even though Scream was like a very satirical yeah. approach. Mm-hmm. Scream is my favorite. Even though it's pretty serious, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is. It's, it is. In a way, it is a. it is one of those movies that... It satirizes the genre, but it also manages to do the genre justice by its own merits. Um, yeah. The Scream ones actually are my favorite of all of them. I think it's because there's that somewhat of a fourth wall being broken element to it because you, you're they're all kind of self-aware of what's going on. And they know that this, yeah. that usually the killer, though I haven't seen the fourth fourth one. Um, <laughs> yeah, It's okay, Brian. They, uh, I've seen, I've seen the, the first three. There's always this sense that the killer is playing a game based off of uh, existing horror movie tropes, and I think that was the, the brilliance of it. So, yeah. 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 Uh, actually, because uh, I, I made a list of like horror slasher uh, films to prepare for tonight's episode, and i got to tell you, the only one that really stood out from the ones I've seen is this little indie film that's called Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. And it is, that's a slasher movie? Yeah. Yeah, it's, really? like, it's like the Shaun of the Dead of slasher movies because it's a total parody of the genre, but at the same time, it kind of tells its own comedic story that blends in with the type of things that you would expect from a slasher movie, the tropes and um, the evil, like, misconstrued characters that turn out to be good guys. Guys, that type of thing, and do they do they do it in a much better and funnier way than Club Dread did? It's funny that you mentioned that because I was also on the list. Um, yes, they do it much better, much better. Uh, I actually enjoy Club Dread. It's not a, uh, it's not that great, but I don't know. I think it's pretty funny. Uh, they set the bar so high with Super Troopers. Yeah, it was did. tough for me. Like Beer Fest was the only one I really enjoyed after that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, 
But yeah, um, I would say for those that are fan of uh, slasher films, that Tucker and Dale versus Evil is like is probably one of the best uh, satirical slasher films because the premise of this is the typical you know college kids go out into the woods, they're having a party, they bring drugs and alcohol, and they stumble yep. across these two hillbillies that are somewhat intimidating and they look slightly menacing with all their sharp objects and pitchforks and whatnot and sure enough uh accidents start to happen and it kind of looks like tucker and dale these hillbillies are responsible for it and they try to save these teens and you know actually tucker and dale versus evil is kind of like a uh, a very graphic and bloody version of a three stooges movie to be honest <laughs> it sounds like it yeah like a oh man comedy. i need to see this movie i always see it on netflix yeah and I've just i see it never too. clicked on it yeah, yeah i would i would recommend it for sure so Let's talk about something for a second. I think there should be a law of movie physics that uh, the more and more installments there are to a horror movie genre, the worse and worse they will get. And some have a very short half I don't think you have to do that, Brian. I'm pretty sure that's already going that <laughs> yeah. way. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's more of a postulate than a theorem. It just kind yeah. of is. One that is totally not a slasher movie, though they made the sequel to it a slasher movie, and it was awful, uh, the American Psycho films. The first American Psycho... Yeah. Was more of a psychological thriller. Not so much. A, it wasn't really a slasher movie because you know who the killer is the whole time. Right, but I would say it's actually a combo because um, using uh, Wikipedia again, like you said, uh, which as is never a wrong. Source, which is never wrong. Um, they say that uh, a typical slasher film involves killings and slayings with a very sharp cutting tool, such as a knife, or in this case, True. an axe. But another another trope that we generally tend to accept within a slasher movie is you tend to either know who the killer is early on and aren't watching it from their perspective or you are the whole movie takes on a somewhat of a whodunit kind yeah, of no, a, I totally agree so what if element. what if we took the idea of like what you just said in terms of the typical tropes and applied that to American Psycho but in this case American Psycho is kind of going against the grain with that being that you are following this murder the psychopath's what is it couple months of his life yeah it's about that yeah so yeah. I like I, I that's that was my yeah. take on American Psycho. Which is, is that- which is true. I mean, but to the point of what I was going to get at is that uh, the sequel, All American Girl, uh, America's Psycho Two, All American Girl, um, is, 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 there it's, was a subtitle for it. Yeah. Damn. So here, yeah. here's the premise, starring Mila Kunis. Thank you, uh, and William <laughs> Shatner. Um, so basically, the story is that her older sister was dating Patrick Bateman, mm-hmm. and she was present when he was about to do one of his ritualistic killings, and she ends up killing both of them. Just in the moment, as like a twelve-year-old girl, and then it fast forwards to her in college, and she basically is this total, like she she kills frivolously. There's not even justification for it. It's just and it's comical. She literally strangles up somebody with a condom. But that and the whole premise, <laughs> yeah. the whole goddamn the little, premise doesn't make not, any not sense. Like, not though. like putting over his head and trying to suffocate like, him. Just like stretches it out and like like piano wire tries to strangle him with it. Oh, good lord! Yeah. That, but that whole premise is bullshit because by the end of American Psycho, he never, it was all in his head. He never fucking did any exactly. of that shit. Exactly. That's what defeats the whole purpose of it. And then you yeah. spoil it from the beginning. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen American Psycho, it's probably because you're 16 and you're still in high school, but you listen to our podcast. In which case, wait one year, then watch it. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. It, it'll put you down a, a, a dark and dreary path. You see this movie and you understand why Christian Bale was in the consideration for playing Batman. because he- The book is, oh my god, the whole time I read the book, I was just like, ugh. And what's also <laughs> effed up is the, the, the unspoken sequel to that movie, The Rules of Attraction, because they say Sean Bateman in uh, that movie... Or it's yeah, not Sean. Sean Bateman's Patrick's brother. Exactly. They don't tell you that, but he's Patrick Bateman's yeah. younger brother. Wait, wait. Rules of Attraction, yeah. the rom-com? Rules of Attraction? No, Rules it's of not Attraction, a rom-com. James Vanderbeek. And uh, Shannon Sossaman. Yeah. 
Um, well, I'm thinking of a completely yeah. different. It's movie. a messed up Brett Easton Ellis yeah, it's, movie. It's, yeah, Brett Easton Ellis wrote both novels, and yes, uh, American Psycho was basically talking about. It was a metaphor for the excess of the 80s and how yeah. uh, Patrick Bateman just kind of blends into that, even though he's a complete and utter sociopath. Yeah. Rules of Attraction is talking about basically the hedonism of, of college culture, okay. uh, where it's lots of sex yeah. and lots of drugs. And and his brother Bateman is like an, a vacuous... Yeah, he's like, not a psychopath empty. like his brother is, huh. but he, he definitely has some moral shortcomings. What you don't find out, it's not said in either movies, but is that they're they're related. They're the same person, or same family. Oh, so Interesting. Yeah, yeah exactly. The things you know when you read the books the movies are based on. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Considering that we've kind of like got started with like the typical tropes of uh, slasher films and some of our favorites, like what are some other typical tropes that you both have seen when it comes to slasher films? Like, or what um, do you expect to come out of a slasher uh, film? Usually the killer to give some long-winded monologue of how it was all justified in their own head. You snap... was it? You sly dog! You caught me monologuing! Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, I do like that, but I think it's more effective when they're more of like a mindless killer that doesn't speak. Like, like Leatherface uh, or, or um, yeah, Michael like Myers. Mike yeah. Myers. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Yes, you now, he's my me. favorite, too. <laughs> I love... Stabbing someone with like gold. a gold knife. Would you like a smoke and a pancake? Bone nope. and a blinch? Then there is no pleasing you. <laughs> <laughs> the tropes that I expect to see are the sluttiest girls sometimes die the most gruesome deaths. Which is mm-hmm. very, very sexist, very misogynistic, because there are some dudes that are, like, man-whoring it up in these slasher films, yet they don't die as gruesomely as, like, the slutty girls typically do in these types of films. Well, and honestly, uh, Wes Craven, I think, made a point in uh, the first Nightmare on Elm Street uh, to make sure that it was it was equal. There were two girls and two boys. There was Johnny Depp and the other boy, and then the two girls, and that was who he was going for. There is, especially in the lesser super formulaic exploitative slasher films Mm -hmm. it's definitely a lot of girls getting it really bad and and they make them look helpless yeah although in a lot of more recent movies i like how girls are the heroes of horror like the newer evil dead yep which i love again scream right yeah Um, scream yeah and that's that was the trope i was going to talk about was the final girl there's always the final yeah. girl, the girl that makes it all the way through, and yep. she's the one that doesn't uh, do the drugs or doesn't. She's the virgin. Yeah, well, she's the virtuous one. Yeah, exactly. One of the films that um, doesn't get a lot of good press, per se, but that goes completely against that typical trope is uh, Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, where it's mm. Kurt Russell playing this maniacal psychopath stunt driver. Stunt, what was it? Stunt Drive Mike or Stuntman Mike? Stuntman Mike, yeah. Uh, Stuntman and Mike. we have three like awesome heroines that like at the end of the movie like totally kick his ass and everything. Thing. It's just so awesome. Well, see, you bring that up, and that's an interesting point because the genre has evolved into oh, yeah. other forms. I wouldn't even consider Death Proof a slasher movie. It's definitely a grindhouse horror movie. Um, but the same way that I wouldn't consider Hostel a, a slasher movie because those have evolved into uh, torture porn. It's 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 evolved, oh, yeah. it's evolved okay. into the splatter movie where it's less about the suspense. And much more about the gore well, aspect it, of it. And splatter splatter films were one of the things that led to the slasher film genre because yeah. between like the thirties, forties, with some of these movies that are precursors, in the mid late seventies is when a guy named Herschel Gordon Lewis, who's considered the quote unquote godfather of gore, uh, was making movies that were like 
kind of like old torture porn. It was more about mass gore and not really the same tropes as a slasher film. Right. Well, and, right. I, and when it comes to uh, like torture porn and everything that you guys are mentioning, um, in our modern times, I think that Saw was probably the precursor to all that. But it's yeah. funny because the Saw movie is not all that gory. There are some intense moments, yes, but sure. it's more of a suspenseful slasher film. And then it's literally kind of like, what, American Psycho and all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies where yeah. the sequels turn way Way gorier in t- compared yeah. to the original. Yeah, I think it's because yeah. they're trying to outdo themselves with each and every movie. Yep, with Saw, yeah. I can yep. totally agree. Yeah. Um, and it's not as effective, in yeah. my opinion, no. because so, in the first in the first one, uh, it's a little more subtle with the gore, but the intensity of the situation. I feel like I get more out of a movie when I have that really suspenseful picking up my nails like, yeah, like it ramps you know up. shaking yeah. mm-hmm. waiting for something to happen like something like the conjuring than i do when i see a movie and it's just gore. i do appreciate gore especially if they do it in a comedic way yeah but still i get more when i when it changes how i feel and i'm like jittery yeah, yeah. so i have a question for you guys how would you qualify the hellraiser films are those creature features or those slasher films or are they both supernatural super just supernatural okay I supernatural slash splatter gore yeah because they do have some extremely gory death scenes oh yeah in people films. get in the very first one is where, like, I think you see that dude get torn into like ten pieces. Oh, but it, it, I mean, they, get, they get worse and worse with every movie. There's one where they did yeah. these two twins, so Pinhead, uh, whatever his, his official name is, uh, he says it's he, Pinhead. He says, "I know what you guys are thinking. Please don't leave me without my brother. Please, because they're both twins. Well, don't worry, you'll never be parted again." And they bring out this device. Which basically starts pulling their faces apart, and like they get twisted, and then they get basically what this movie is about is every time he they kill somebody, he becomes one of their their creatures, their murdering creatures, and so you see these twins get their faces twisted around, and then then you see them five minutes later, and they're this now one of, one of his <sighs> like movie that movie just fucks with your head in so many different ways, which is why I've never seen them. <laughs> Yeah, you should. Oh God, I love and the, the score. The first three, just the first three. The score mm-hmm. is, I mean, epic. I mean, if anything else, it's a beautiful horror score because it's all very big crescendos mm-hmm. and. You know, I think that's another thing that we have to talk about with slasher movies. The score is critical to the tempo of the film. Oh, totally. And really building the suspense. I mean, it's the case with any <laughs> horror movie, but I think particularly in in slasher films. They really good at build good at that building tension with the slow building crescendos of music and the sudden jumps. You know. Yeah, which are cheap scares in my opinion. Um, I would say that the one thing that I've noticed with uh, horror music, uh, the scores and uh, the films, is that it kind of gives away the suspense. Like the music will start happening as uh, you know a moment gets more and more tense, and then you know somebody dies. Yet there's another tense moment, and it's ramping up, and then all of a sudden it's a cat. You know, right? And there's yeah. no music, and it yeah. gives it away. So yeah. it's, that's another trope that I would say um, about slasher films is that the music kind of gives away the moment that something is yeah. or is not going to happen. But you know what? Knows the master of the false start with that though is Wes Craven. Really? He, yeah. Yeah. Totally. If I think back to the Scream movies, there's a few times, particularly in Scream Two, I remember, where there's the false start building, and then immediately afterwards, without warning, the the killer is, is present and shit hits the fan. Well, then it sounds like uh, everyone is technically copying off of Wes Craven's style then. In a way, yeah. yeah. Oh, Wes yeah. Craven has been copied a hundred times over. And actually, some people argue that every slasher movie is also a copy of some of the earlier Italian slasher movies from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me pull them up real quick. There's actually a, a whole film. It's called the Giallo uh, film genre. And uh, they, they, they go back to 1963 with The Girl Who Knew Too Much. 
And um, some people argue that there are some scenes that are shot-for-shot retellings of uh, of a movie called The Twitch of the Death Nerve. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Who directed it? Uh, directed it was a guy named Mario Baba, who is he's Mario kinda, Baba. he's like the Italian icon of of uh, horror cinema. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, really. Mm-hmm. Not Dario Argento. Oh, I guess a Dario Argento as well. Yes, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. No, totally. See Suspiria, everybody. What is Suspiria? Suspiria. Just see Suspiria. You know what I also find interesting about these slasher movies is you think you, you're pretty well versed in them, but then I, every film nerd I talk to always has one obscure foreign or independent slasher movie that I've never heard of that is totally fucked up. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's always one. Like, no matter how many you become more familiar with, there's always somebody who knows oh. he's seen something you haven't seen. <clears throat> Old Boy. Old Boy is a Korean film, right? Right. And yes. it's totally... It could possibly fall under the slasher genre because the amount of violence that's in the movie and mm. the main character, the antagonist, or uh, anti-hero totally uses an axe as his weapon yeah. of choice. Let me ask you guys. Didn't we talk about Old Boy a little bit before when I told you when I ruined the ending how messed up it is? Yeah, you did. We talked but about I, it. I yeah, yeah, but it's throw it back he's, in there. That's more of a revenge movie though. He's not True. he's not an anti-hero or an antagonist. He's the hero of the story. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, what about The Strangers? Because Strangers is Ugh. easily a horror movie, but there is some slasher elements in it. Wait, are you talking it. about the one with Liv Tyler? Yes, indeed. Yes. Oh, that movie was so good. The first, like, 15 minutes, and then yeah. I could not stop laughing the or rest of the, the movie. As the podcast is called, as we all know in this podcast, the film that got me laid. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess you could classify that as a slasher suspenseful movie, because it's more... Mm. Like, yes, there are those graphic moments when, you know, there are some, ugh, some gruesome deaths, but... Um, it, that movie plays more on the suspense of the situation that, you know, you have this everyday typical family that has these invaders that come into their house and start torturing them, like, psychologically, and then people start dying left and right. But, yeah, I would say it's more of a, su- a suspenseful slasher film than just a slasher. Okay. All right, so I have technically one, possibly two movies that could, like, poke at the slasher genre. Uh, one is a film called Disturbia that came out in 2007 uh, with Chaya yeah. Leboeuf. Um, it is, I would say, the only slasher PG-13 movie that's out there, though, because there's not the typical tropes that you would expect from a slasher movie, i.e. being at rated R, lots of gore, blood, that type of thing. But um, there's a lot of suspense, and you kind of have an idea of who the killer may be, or it may not, and the ki- and the the, pers- the suspect is always trying to prove his innocence and play nice, Yeah. Um, which, I mean, it follows some of the tropes, but I wouldn't say all of them. Um, and the other film that I thought of, even though as I'm thinking about it now, it doesn't really fit, but I would say that The Birds may be in consideration because although The Birds, well, here's why. Mm, here's why. That's more a creature feature. It is a creature feature, but The Birds are the villain of the movie, right? They ha- they just lay, they just cut people left and right. But the thing is, they don't have a weapon except, you know, their beaks and their claws. And so I would say, like, there's no reason for it in terms of why The Birds are doing it, but I would, that's why... It, in my head, it sounded like it could pass as a slasher film. I could see hmm. that, but I mean, it's a thin argument, though. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's wafer thin. Wafer thin. Wafer thin. <laughs> um, your, your thoughts on that one, Sean? 
Mm, I'm going to say no. Okay. Thanks for yeah. shooting down that entire Sorry. conversation idea, Sean. <laughs> I really appreciate I'm that. I'm going to say I disagree, but I see where you're seeing like a before you, uh, blend. Before you come out with them. <laughs> where if all the... You know what? If all of the birds came together to, to make sort of one big bird that looked like it was holding <laughs> a giant machete made oh of my other God. birds. I just thought that... If, what if Big Bird was a serial killer in like an episode of Sesame Street? Oh, How effed up would that be? That would be yeah, so demented. And... and and Snuffleupagus, his imaginary friend, tells him, <laughs> You should kill him, bird. Hey, big bird. They hate you, bird. They didn't pay you back the five dollars you lent them. My friend told me to do it. You can't see him? Today's letter of the day is K for kill! <laughs> Count. There is one, two, three people dead. <laughs> um, You've got one... Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten stab wounds. Elmo, Elmo want help kill Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good Elmo impression, dude. Elmo have rusty machete in backyard. <laughs> Folks, <laughs> that's a fucked up I, slasher I, movie I, right I, there. I, Elmo. I have known my brother my entire life. I have never heard him throw out an Elmo impression. <laughs> and that was pretty good and terrifying. And yours is pretty good too, Kay. Elmo over here agrees with him. <laughs> so I think it would be funny. The Cookie Monster. Cookie! Cookie! cookie. You did not make me cookie. I kill you and eat you. Nom, 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 nom. Oh, oh, oh nom, 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 nom. See? Oh, God, that would be good. A, a horror movie That'd be from the perspective of cookies. Features. Oh, yes. my God. Uh, my, PBS. Rob Zombie's Muppets. <laughs> PBS, if you're listening, someone from PBS, please so, make wait. a YouTube video that is the horror movie of Cookie Monster eating cookies. Please make that happen. <laughs> Rob Zombie presents... <laughs> oh my god can you tell me how to get to sesame street yeah and then the number for the movie will just be however many people got killed. <laughs> today's sesame street was brought to you by the number 172 <laughs> <laughs> but they say it really earnestly like that oh hi there kids ernie here today's letter of the day is f oh for god Ernie's, oh god, Ernie gets drowned in the uh, in the bathtub with his rubber ducky. With his rubber ducky, or no, by his rubber oh, yes. ducky, like by being choked by it. Uh, oh, 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 my rubber ducky is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> right, all right. This may be the most effed up episode we've yeah, ever. Yeah, we done. are destroying childhoods as we speak. Jim Henson, no I'm so sorry. Uh, oh yeah, we should put a disclaimer on the website: destroying childhoods since 2012. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, this is gotten way darker um, than I thought it was going to be. One of the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think there was one more slasher film that I want... Oh, yeah. Um, Urban Legend. Do you... uh, I had a feeling you were going to mention that. Yeah, movie. only yeah. because it's kind of like the weakest slasher film that's out there because it totally is like self-aware, but it seems like the, the amount of gore that should be in that movie is kind of like off-camera, so to speak, but they kind of hype yeah. it up that it is. just. Uh, it was It was trying too hard to be Scream. It yeah. was trying to take an ironic and satirical... Angle, but it just didn't work no, in that case. No. And they yeah. made like two sequels to it. They didn't did. They? They, they did like Urban two Legend three. director's cut or something. So, question: yeah. man, What do you guys think of Final Destination movies? Are they slasher movies? Because technically, no. the force is yes. death. Supernatural. Supernatural. Okay. okay. All right, that's yeah. actually a good I think point. It's kind of Unless you consider Death's design a slasher, what are you going as for Halloween, Billy? 
death design. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm not going to go to school, but everybody's just going to die in the class from weird shit, like windows opening he, and You see him like apart. the night before setting up all these tiny little traps of things where people can... <laughs> I swear, if nobody laughs at this... Ow! My finger! <laughs> oh, that's... You just see him like putting the chair in just the right angle, and there happens to be just a sandbag that is carefully, <laughs> very carefully set to trigger when the teacher sits down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh man i've got a movie that i i actually saw but didn't realize really what was going on with it because i saw it when i was like 16 have you heard of uh slumber party massacre <laughs> no, no 1982 amazing oh, okay so it was kind of it kind of got lost in the myriad of movies from that era especially ones that were dedicated to like either camp or some sort of holiday like you had april fool's day they had the Christmas-themed ones. Slumber Party Massacre was actually a script written by a noted feminist art, uh, writer named uh, Rita Mae Brown, and it was written as this absurd parody on the tropes of women being helpless in it. Uh-huh. But the thing was, the director went in a different direction where there's there's the moments of absurdity juxtaposed with like very straightforward horror. And it's so awkward, but... Uh, I need to watch it again because now that I know that, I think it's going to make it a much different movie. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I'm looking this up right now on IMDb. Um, yeah, and by the way, uh, I got that. I heard about that movie again when I was doing research for this. There's an awesome article on chillertv.com if anybody's familiar with the Chiller channel. A channel that does nothing but slasher movies. Yeah, it's yeah. just like slasher and horror movies. Yeah, Chiller's awesome. Yeah. Um, it, and it's called 13 Slasher Movies You've Never Seen But Should. Ooh. And it's got an awesome list of some really good slasher movies. Yeah. Ones that like this are very different and kind of break the mold. Yeah. Well, there's also a lot of ones that didn't make it to theaters, and um, some some of them that are just aren't very good. Uh, ones and those are the ones. Let's 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 call it like it is. Most, a lot of most. sequels. And yeah. you know, it's funny because yeah. whenever I turn on the Chiller Channel, it's one of these independent ones that didn't do so well. Um, there was a movie that I'm trying to think of that was a great serial killer movie, and it was um, Candyman. No. It's got Angelina Jolie and Ethan Hawke in it. Oh! Oh! You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, I Backdoor Sluts 10. <laughs> no, I totally know what you're talking about. It's because not Bone I've Collector. Seen, it's no, the other one. I've seen the movie, and for the life of me, it's it's bothering me that um, I can't remember Angelina Jolie and who? Ethan Hawke. And Ethan Hawke. Yeah, Taking okay. Lives. Thank you. Taking yeah. Lives. Taking Lives. Taking Lives. Yeah. And yeah. Kiefer Sutherland's also in it, too. Yeah, and the, the great thing about that movie is you are led on to believe it's Keith Sutherland is the killer for two-thirds of that movie, and then yep. you find out it's not him. Right. Uh, when that's, I, don't, I won't say anything else other than that, because I want to leave that the surprise. I felt the same place. way about 24. <laughs> I thought he was the terrorist and the guy fighting the terrorist. <laughs> oh, that'd be fucked up. You find out it was him the whole time mm-hmm. on the series. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, the director of Taking Lies is DJ Caruso, who also did Disturbia. Disturbia, indeed. Ooh. He did, indeed. And he also did Eagle Eye. Um, mm. I haven't seen it, but it didn't look appealing. I liked Eagle Eye. Uh, it's, yeah? it's fun. Yeah, it's definitely this whole 1984-esque Big Brother kind of scenario. But the interesting thing about this movie, having rewatched it uh, recently, is that um, they talk about uh, they have like this whole social commentary on drone strikes and uh, like why drones shouldn't be used in war and whatnot, and that there's no regulation for them. And yeah. sure yeah. enough, drones are bad guys in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they were talking about completely automated drones, and yeah. I don't think the government no. is that stupid. Does that count as a slasher movie? Do drones count? <laughs> uh, a renegade drone. They're seemingly unstoppable, faceless force. It was um, 
the the stealth. jet stealth. Yeah, the jet just goes haywire, and it's this was shortly after he won the Oscar for Ray too. Yeah, oh. I know. Yeah, it was, it was his safe film. Yeah. As Ben Affleck says, you do the safe film, then you do the art film, then you do the safe yeah, film. Then sometimes you do reindeer then games. You do reindeer <laughs> games exactly. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> talented Mr. Ripley. Speaking of uh, since the, ne- the follow up to that line, really. Really? Would you call that a slasher film? No, I wouldn't call it a slasher mm. movie. No, it would be. Um, nah, never mind. I'm gonna backpedal like, on that one. It's like the smart person slasher film. The slasher film. film there, one reason you can't consider that a slasher film is because the the main character slash hero can't be. It's true. The, the antagonist the slasher has film, to be the slasher the killer, is yeah. the antagonist. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you make a good point. I mean, I feel like that whole concept is actually very much in line with melodrama. You have a definite. The villain is absolutely the antagonist. The hero is absolutely the protagonist of the film. Um, there's very little hero's journey in the story. It's very much just survival, really, is what it is. Yeah. There's no moment of realization or anything like that. It's just people are dying. Let's find this fucker and let's let's kill him before he kills again. Kill him back. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, there- you ripped my jacket. Kill him a lot. Go <laughs> <laughs> um, there- the Vampire Slayer. There's this one uh, slasher film that's called The Watcher that has Keanu Reeves, Marissa Talmay, and uh, James Spader in it that I would suggest watching just for... Um, this is like the first film coming off of The Matrix that uh, Keanu Reeves did. And so he's kind of like channeling that, oh, dude, role. Yeah, but he also plays this complete like maniac. Yeah, but he's kind of like, oh, dude, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> it's like it's so uninspiring but it's hilarious uh, I would say like it's worth watching once and you never need to see again see to me that could be that terrifying that would be creepy though, to have Ted murdering you I know right but here's the thing like stabbing you while asking do you know when the Mongols ruled China <laughs> <laughs> see the thing is I actually find that more terrifying because someone with that kind of California surfer accent <laughs> would to me be Spicoli would be a slasher <laughs> right would be, it's so unassuming you know, you like you think those kind of guys are like they're the least likely to be aggressive, let alone murderous, and yet having that happen yeah. would be to me that would that would that would oh, be the selling this point. is like oh I just got such a demented idea in my head. What if the serial killer is like a total California surfer guy and uh, he stabs people while saying oh dude 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 oh that's so messed dude, where's up your car? dude <laughs> where's my car where's your car dude or just a long stab dude. Uh, that just yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, here's another one uh, for you. Um, this is a weird one. It's only at the very end that it goes into. Nah, it's it, these are just murder movies. They're not slasher movies. But um, Jersey Devil heard it. Yes, yeah. we watched it on IFC together. We did. You know what I'm talking about? You're talking about the last five minutes of that movie. That movie. Yeah, it's like a fake. Do- it's like a it's like documentary, a documentary, but it's not a mockumentary. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a bad uh, remake or a bad uh, reimagining of uh, the Blair Witch Project. Huh. Yeah. yeah. And a little bit of what was the what was that movie with uh, Kevin Costner, where he's like the Russian spy, but you don't know he's the Russian spy till the end. Oh, uh, No Way Out. Wait, no, no, he's no, no, the no. Russian spy. No, is that No, no Way, that was out. No way was out? Was this the one with Demi Moore and Ashton? Co- not Ashton Kutcher or Dane no, Cook? No, 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 no. Because that was no, no, that no, was no, definitely no. a long, long time ago. This is like an '80s movie. Oh, okay. Oh, but it had the element of that that picture that's constantly being kind of uh, enhanced to see what the picture really is, mm-hmm. and they think right. it's a picture of the Jersey Devil, and it turns out it's just a picture of the dude doing the documentary, and he's the real killer. Spoilers. Yeah. Same thing in that Kevin Costner wait, movie where like they're looking at this picture trying to find out who the spy is, yeah. and as it keeps enhancing, by the end you find out it's Kevin Costner the whole time. Except, oh my god! There is one terrifying scene in the Jersey Devil movie where you see uh, this woman is 
she's documenting herself, and there's it's a fixed static you know camera in the corner. And when she finds out, she goes to tell the police, but he's already in the room. And you see long distance, basically him suffocating her with uh, like sheet plastic. Damn. Yeah, it's yeah. That is creepy. It is very creepy, and the fact that it looks like found footage is um, is what really sells it. I, think. I, I can imagine so. Yeah. Um, I guess only because of this month's topic at hand, the one movie that I think is going to come up the most is Cabin in the Woods. Uh, where, oh, we, we have to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, because it, it, that movie is just so good. There's just so rude interjection. The Kevin Costner movie is called No Way Out. I was right. What? Oh, okay, sweet. I'm adding that Seriously? to Netflix right I, now. I, why do I not remember that as being the element from the uh, the movie? Because you're talking about that's actually the only part I remember, and I remember seeing it at our grandparents' this, house. This is while the one we're talking on about with Sean Young and Gene Hackman. Sean yes. Young's in it. Yeah, Sean Young's in it. She's in it for like Hackman? 15 minutes. Yeah, Sean Young's naked in it, and you get to see Kevin Costner chewing this on her nipple in a limo. This is the famous scene, uh, the famous Ugh. limo sex scene that was mo- made fun of in um, Hot Shots Part Two. Hot Jew. Shots. Yeah, yeah, it was from No Way Out. Okay, sorry for the interjection. No, it's okay. Proceed. Yeah, so Kevin in the Woods. Uh, it's it's for this month's topic. I think this is like the one movie that I would recommend that everyone go see if obviously you haven't already because um, each week that we talk about a different topic. Cabin in the Woods definitely falls into it because it's like such a love-hate letter towards the horror genre of which I, Slasher oh, so, is included, of course. It's so amazing. It is. I was so surprised by that movie. I didn't see it in the theaters and I regret it, but when I watched it, I was like, this is amazing, the angle that they took on it. Yes, and that third act, which I do not want to spoil, is probably one no, of the best. I'm not spoiling One of the best third acts ever. Have you seen this yet? I have not. Seen oh my god, I know, Brian! I know. So you'll fucking love yes. it. For our next episode, you definitely need to watch it. Okay. Plus, I'll find some time got, in the next couple got days because in it. Of course, got Chris Hemsworth. That's right. And his it, abs. And it's written by Jeff Sweden. Liam Hemsworth, not Chris Hemsworth. No, no it's wrong. got Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Is it Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, yeah. Liam Hemsworth yeah. is in Hunger Games. Oh, I thought that he was, was in both married movies. or engaged to Miley Cyrus. Yeah, I thought he was in both movies, though. I don't think it was. I thought it was. Wrong. Hemsworth is not in can any you, superhero not, movie. Not to sound like I'm being over demanding, but can you check on that, please? Liam Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth is not in Cabin in the Woods. He, I can guarantee you that. Yeah, guaranteed. All right, they just look so goddamn. They look, they look so much alike. Uh, for brothers, I mean, of course, they brothers are not look really alike. though. You don't think so? Katie, my girlfriend Katie, is obsessed with Chris Hemsworth, but thinks Liam Hemsworth is meh. Yeah, actually, mm. you know, I, I only because I have three brothers myself and can sometimes see common traits between all four of us. You're the best looking one. Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I totally see some of the similarities with Liam Hemsworth and Chris, but I will tell you this: Chris Hemsworth is definitely where it's at. He is definitely the better looking of the two. Thank you, Kevin. Clearly. Mm-hmm. And the yes. more you know from Kevin Sartorius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry. The more you know from Kevin Sartorius. <laughs> see, when you do it like that, that is when it becomes really creepy. Yes. Um, all right, so actually here, this is another trope. I, I kind of want to say to wrap up the conversation, if that's okay. Sure. Whenever the uh, the villain is revealed or the villain is like, you know, has the monologue, it tends to be a either a very dull type of voice, just a very typical voice that you would expect, or very, very dark and kind of grilly. Yeah, it's true. Almost to the point where you think Christian Bale did a lot of research by watching slasher films for the <laughs> it, it can get that way, yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay, I, I have one more I want to add. And I think this one is certainly a merger of Supernatural and Slasher. Uh-huh. But I'm going to throw it out there. Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Good point. Actually, that was the first movie that 
I, now that I realize it, it was the first movie that had a death that affected me because I, I wasn't desensitized by it, but it was just like, oh, look, death, like watching movies yeah. growing up. Um, in Sleepy Hollow, there happens to be a person that is riding a horse, and the uh, headless horseman comes by, whips out his sword, and cuts this guy's head so fast that it starts spinning before it falls off of his body. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that was the first death that affected me. I was like, whoa. It's messed up, right? That's, whoa, yeah. whoa, wait a and minute. And they actually got an animatronic uh, yeah. body to do that too. I know it, it, it's it's crazy. Just, it was so weird yeah that is actually my favorite Halloween movie to watch it's because it's got the right element of nostalgia and seasonally appropriate uh, de- and decor period piece and a little bit of suspense in there a little bit of supernatural a little bit of horror it's yeah it's very very it's and neat. you like period pieces well, I, I've lay Miz boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, no, he does have a point. You do tend to bring up uh, more period piece films. More, We're talking yeah. to a guy who owns every season of Anne of Green Gables and Avonlea. <laughs> I don't even lie. know what those are. <laughs> <laughs> those are Victorian era Canadian female centric dramas they, that they were used on, to be on the Disney uh, Channel, yeah. oh, Canadian okay. television and then the Disney Channel when we were Avonlea kids. was the spin-off of Anne of Green Gables and Anne of Avonlea. So. Yeah, Anne of Green Gables was a series of TV movies and Avonlea yeah. was a spin-off series. They're on yeah. um they're uh, this this little town in Prince Edward Island in uh, Canada and it's uh turn of the century. It's not Victorian actually. It's uh, early 20th century. See, I fucking told you just watch him go. <laughs> yeah. Kevin's just looking at him like, uh-huh. "Oh yeah, see, Sean, that's because I have an encyclopedic and useless knowledge of lots of television and film." stuff so Same i mean here. i'm just saying but and he also can change his own oil ladies and gentlemen <laughs> i can't actually he does, he he's not help. just useless knowledge nice. i can change my own tire but i've only see, had i can't do that so i can change oil and you can't change so okay. we need to go on a road trip together because right, then yeah. we, well, we got everything taken care done. of yeah. oh by the way full disclosure i am a sucker for downton abbey so i i love that type of period piece you as well see yeah. it's not just me sean it's i've not never just seen me. an episode but i just keep hearing references left it's and actually right pretty everywhere. it is it is solid you know how it, it the only way to watch downton abbey though is with like a glass of wine <laughs> and I a foot spot what about sherry sherry in a sniffer glass just so lovely um, yes, no, 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 it's it's totally worth it, Sean. I would definitely recommend yes. it. Thank God we mentioned Downton Abbey and Avonlea on this slasher <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, to wrap this up, I wanted to talk about one more thing. What is your favorite slasher movie and why? It can also be a series of slasher movies if you can't pick one of the series. Hmm. Mm, I would probably, yeah, just going off my first instinct, uh, Scream. You already said Scream. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, that's, well, that's no shocking, favorites. no shocker considering what we've talked about this episode already. It's the only series of slasher movies with Jay and Silent Bob in it. That's true. <laughs> Very true. Um, I think, I think that's why. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> hey, look, it's that news lady, Connie fucking Chung. <laughs> hey, Connie, how's Maury? That was, it was a brilliant cameo. It was. Uh, go ahead. Um, I guess mine would be a tie between uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil and this other film that I didn't get to mention yet called Trick or Treat that's produced mm. by Brian Singer and happens to star Anna Paquin and Brian Cox in it as well as Dylan Baker. I remember watching when I was a uh, RA in college, I watched this movie Trick or Treat with several of my residents and I remember all of us like, you know, uh, in the common room watching a, f- a movie uh, with popcorn, the lights are out, uh, and it was just, it was so much fun, and it was actually a surprisingly good movie, uh, all things considered, and it surprised me in several moments, and so I would say those two, for sure. Okay. I think I'm gonna, I was gonna say another movie, but now that I just found something out about you, Kevin, I'm gonna say my favorite slasher movie is anyone where RAs get it. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking narc. 
Hey, I'm kidding. I was. A I'm cool kidding. You one. get free shit. They give you a free room and board. I wish. It was not free. It was discounted. Oh man! And with the college I went to, all the RAs got free housing. Oh, that's. Uh, so no, you went to, I, you went to I went, private school. Yeah, I went to a private school. Oh okay. Well, Still, you got ripped off, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't my, even get a discounted meal plan or anything. That's fucked up. Yeah, lame. It's not like they don't have the money for it. Did Jeez. they give you a fucking flashlight and a backpack at they least? Sure did. Did you have to buy that yourself too? <laughs> <laughs> With a reflective vest, the helmet, <laughs> and then a reflective tape to go on the backpack. <laughs> did they give you like a weed smoke detecting machine that looked like something out of Ghostbusters? Like Bankman <laughs> just squeezes it. Bankman just the little, the little antenna with yeah. blinking lights on it. <laughs> Except it was Snoop Dogg going, no, no. Oh, yeah, it's in that hey, room. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Snoop Lion. Snoop no, Lion, excuse oh, me. No. Snoop Lion. No. Snoop, right. Yeah, Snoop Lion. Right. <laughs> Don't you forget it. All right, well then, Sean, which one was yours, dog? Oh, yeah, my, my real favorite slasher movie is the first Nightmare on Elm Street, the third Nightmare on Elm Street, and then the very last one before Freddy vs. Jason, which is called Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And New Nightmare stands out a lot, in my opinion, because New Nightmare did something totally different, where they set the movie in real life, and Heather Langenkamp, who is the main chick from the first and the third one, who was like was one of the best parts of that series as the main character in the first one and the yeah. third one, and it was, a- and it's it's her in real life, and Freddy starts to like a different kind of Freddy, a real Freddy starts to haunt her in her dreams and yeah. it, it's so cool um and it's brilliant because she gets killed off in the third movie sorry spoiler alert guys yeah spoilers um but she gets killed off and that was their brilliant way of bringing her back into the series um yeah. as well as making robert england play uh himself as well as Freddy yes. krueger in the movie yeah but the first nightmare on Elm street which is the only movie i really watched in research for this episode because i have i bought the um the eight pack of all the freddy movies up to freddy versus jason but not the brand new one and it was only 12 bucks nice there you go yeah and the first one sticks out so much too because it's so different and it's so fucking scary being attacked in your dreams yeah and johnny depp's first uh major film role ah. yep he gets sucked fresh in off of, his death is pretty fucking crazy fresh off if of you 21 seen that jump movie. street if i'm not mistaken yep. yeah yep. um yeah and i remember the first time i watched that movie i rented it from video maniacs like we've mentioned before and uh the first place i watched it was i was working at the saint lucy's church office and i was just sitting there <laughs> waiting for phone calls and stuffing ballots and i went into the conference room and i watched that movie in the conference room and i was like eating potato chips and one of the priests walks in and he just looks at me and then he looks at the TV, and there's something. I, I remember it was during some pretty horrible, gory stuff. And he just looks at me, and I'm just like slowly, <laughs> while maintaining eye contact, putting chips in my mouth. <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like, he's like, should you be watching this in here? And I was like, no, not at all. <laughs> then he turns and walks out. I put my feet up on the table and continue slow <laughs> potato chip eating. And he was getting paid to do this. $5 nice. an hour. My nice. God. Yes, I got paid by a church to watch a slasher movie. Well, kids, if you ever want to... That get- should be the episode <laughs> title. See, this is proof that the Catholic go. Church could not be the one That's true. Very touche. Uh, quick question for you, Sean. Um, just curious. Yes. Have you seen the 2010 uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake with I, You know what? I didn't, Haley? but I, I really wanted to, and it kind of fell by the wayside because... Uh, the guy who played Freddy, I really like. I yeah, Jackie what's his Earl name? Haley. Yeah, who played Rorschach yes. in the Watchmen movie. Yes. I think it's clever because they actually show the origin story. Oh, do they? Yeah, they well, show they, the origin they story. They show the origin story throughout the Freddy 
movies, when they get more into Freddy's backstory, they talk about it in the first one. They give you a breakdown and all the important shit. And then they get more into his backstory through the rest of them. So they, they already had all that material there. Okay. Um, Halloween, on the other hand, yeah. Rob Zombie's version of Halloween, I thought, did such a good job of doing, giving a really solid backstory to Michael Myers rather than what they did in the first one, which is just go from him as a kid to him coming back to kill people. Interesting. Right. Huh. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay, well, folks, as you can see, the slasher film is a very diverse genre. It has its obvious tropes, but there's also movies that you may not expect that would technically qualify. So, you know, go out there and watch one of the ones we've suggested that may not be normal mainstream uh, film. But I'm going to throw it out to you guys. Tell us about a slasher movie that you don't think we've seen. Um, yes. So we can get more Which exposure. there's plenty of. Yeah. Yes, there are <laughs> It won't dozens. be too hard. Yeah, and we'll, we'll put it on up. Uh, this will go online probably the day the episode goes out on Tuesday, I think. Instead of Terrible Tuesday, we'll just do... We'll do, we'll do this instead. Um, well, if it's a terrible slasher film, then we can still classify it as Terrible Tuesday. Sure, it could be. It could be. Yeah, we can do we that. Should also, uh, we should also do some sort of discount on our t-shirts. We're slashing prices! Hey! And <laughs> ditzy bitches. Wow. See, but what we don't tell them is slasher that films. when they get the shirt, we're going to get first, and then we're going to put giant slash That's marks right. for the shirt when they get it. And then we're going to paint little blood droplets around each stab wound, so that way you get a truly <laughs> authentic-looking... Stab uh, wound victim shirt. Have you guys have you guys seen those shirts online you could buy? It's just a white t-shirt with a huge blood stain on the side that's dark and horrible, and then it just says I'm fine right in the middle. No way, really? Oh, it's a great shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, Sean. Um, let's see. We, Listener feedback. Yes, we got we got we got one. Listener feedback! Yeah. This is from Lily. Um, Hi, Lily. Lily just, uh, she won our uh, Terrible Tuesday uh, thing. She f- answered correctly, snakes on a plane. Yay! Uh, she just says, hey, guys, I'm not quite sure what to say for a shout-out, but thanks for the trivia questions and podcasts. Those little distractions keep me sane while I am staring aimlessly at my work emails. Keep it classy. Well, thanks, Lily. You, you too. Yeah, it was really nice. I got a little bit of feedback, too. Did you really? Cool. Yeah, well, not it's not direct feedback from the website or that was emailed to me, but I'd like to say that Brett, everybody knows Brett, has been hitting me up a bunch on Twitter. He's loving the episodes, and he's really looking forward to when he can get on, when we can make that possible. Yeah, we're going to talk to him, because now we have the schedules, all the episodes planned for the rest of the year, so I'll figure out which one he wants yeah. to be part of. The other thing I was going to say is, by the way, a quick little announcement. The feedback page is back up and running. I got it back up this, this morning. Sweet. So, uh... You'll, you guys probably heard just yesterday on Nerds on History that we were working on getting it done shortly. Well, shortly is the next day, basically, so it's up and running. Um, you have a CAPTCHA you have to fill out now, so we can basically block the spam nice. box. Well done, yeah. well done. This is how we fight the robots. <laughs> this Cap-cha. is how we beat Skynet. <laughs> CAPTCHA. <laughs> That's right. That'd be amazing. The, 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 the DOD database for all the nuclear weapons. Please enter CAPTCHA. And the robot. Dude, there we go. Shit. 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 Let's make... That should be a video that we make where it's oh, like... Oh, yeah! Where, where it's like the Terminators except like a dude from Geek Squad appears out of a giant orb through time and just comes in and he's just like on a laptop and he puts the CAPTCHA on there. He's like, see, look, it's fixed. Now they can't do anything. <laughs> yes. Totally. That's awesome. That's going to happen. 
Don't forget to follow us on our social media, like we mentioned, our Facebook page, but you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Brian Moriarty. I'm at The Sutorius. I am at Big Sean Moe. Still wedding on Long Dong Silver. Yes, I know. Um, and of it's course, an ongoing battle. Of course, also, if you're there more... There are heated emails being exchanged. <laughs> if you prefer the Twitter sphere over Facebook, you can uh, follow our company Twitter account at Nerdonomy. So... And for all of our dear listeners, if you want to Twitter blast the hell out of everyone that is uh, named Long Dong Silver, it would be much appreciated because I yes. think Sean deserves mm-hmm. that more than the actual Long Dong Silvers. Make I did get one happen. offer, but it wasn't for the Long Dong Silver I want. It was for Long Dong Silver, but the O's were the, were the number. Oh, with the zero? Zero. Yeah, but they said that the, what they wanted in exchange was, and I thought that they worded it so weirdly, was Brian's butt innocence. <laughs> and I said that they couldn't have that. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, I'm not the gatekeeper of your rusty sheriff's badge. <laughs> so I, I, like, I don't understand why they thought I could deliver. But I told them no, Brian, so you can rest easy. <laughs> Thank. Now, did they even try to Thank make a you, pun Sean. out of innocence and put ass assonance? <laughs> assonance is no, but there was a teary-eyed emoji after it. <laughs> assonance, assonance is actually when you have uh, the alliteration where everything's a vowel at the beginning. That's called assonance. Uh, assonance. It is. Assonance. It is. It is. So, oh, that's ignorant. Yeah. Um, okay, folks. Until next time, stay nerdy and tune in next week. Same nerd time, same nerd channel. Nerdonomy.com. Peace. Bye. Later. And roll credits. And now... Famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. Faster than a bastard maniac. Stronger than a local madman. It's Super Freddy.